Hello, I'm Dave Brisky. Welcome to the sixth episode of Brisky Business. Thanks again for making me a part of your day. Uh, the goal of the platform is to help you improve your business acumen and to provide a forum with tips and tidbits that'll allow you to uh, know more about the business process. And uh, we're gonna attempt to also demystify the stock market. As always, this is your show. So if you have any questions or any topics you would like us to cover, email me at briskybusiness at ntvusa.com. And maybe one of your questions or topics will be part of one of the upcoming programs. During the last program, we had four segments with CEO of Longevity, Steve Wallach. It was a very, very cool program, and we were very excited to have uh, our first guest join us on Brisky Business. Today, uh, like all programs, the format is four segments, and each segment is uh, broken down into about 12 minutes of jam-packed information. We have Brisk Business Basics, Brisk Buyer Bail, Brisk's Bulls and Bears, and my favorite segment, Brisk's Best and Brightest. Today, I'm really, really excited to have a special guest, uh, a man I consider a friend of mine, uh, a man that really needs no introduction. Uh, he's the original 88, and he has an esteemed career with the Dallas Cowboys and in the NFL. But this is a program about business, and I'm excited to bring, bring Mr. Drew Pearson on the phone so we can dig into his business acumen. He's done a lot of incredible things. I know he mentors a lot of folks. And Drew Pearson, welcome to Brisky Business. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me and letting me be part of the show. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm going to grab a cup of my favorite coffee, take a sip. We're going to sit back and get started, okay? Yeah, I, I know you like that coffee. How could I not? It's paying the bills. Anyways, uh, Drew, in episode two, we dug deep and you and I discussed this into the business plan. And we talked about how important that was. And in one of the other episodes, we got into the sales process. And one of the things I thought was a great parallel is obviously in your career, you you uh, you were coached by by one of the greats. I read this book. I know he's near and dear to you, the late great Tom yes. Landry, and he had a real interesting approach to the game. And I thought, what a perfect time to talk about brisk business basics. And you, as a young man coming in on the Dallas Cowboys, here you are, probably all starry-eyed. And what was that like in those early years on the business side of football to learn from a great like Tom Landry? Yeah, Dave, it was definitely uh, definitely a learning experience, and I kind of went into it with my eyes wide open to try to take advantage of the situation. And you're not only around just Tom Landry, but you're around people like Roger Staubach, Leroy Jordan, Rayfield Wright, Bob Hayes, all quality people that had success in their lives after football. Being in that situation and having those people like that in my life as mentors, uh, it made a big difference. I learned a lot about football playing for the Dallas Cowboys, no doubt. X's and O's, strategies of the game. I can draw it up and take Coach Landry's playbook right now and make it successful in the NFL. Uh, but I learned so much more than just football from being a member of the Dallas Cowboys. 
that's where I developed all my business acumen. Because I'm sitting there for 11 years, Dave, sitting in meetings and watching and observing. Not necessarily what I got to do next week to go out there and beat my opponent, but watching and observing how the Dallas Cowboys do business and how they reach the level of success, how they reach that level of success and maintain that success over a long period of time. So all the lessons I learned about business didn't come from Tulsa University. <laughs> the best lessons I learned in business uh, came from being part of the Dallas Cowboys. No doubt about that. Coach Landry, he had a great quote, and I love his quotes. I've got several of them. Setting a goal is not the main thing. It is deciding how you will go about achieving it and staying with the plan. Oh, yeah. That's Coach Landry for sure. We used to go to training camp every year, Dave, and he used to give us two goals. And the only reason he gave us two goals is because he felt the team had the ability to handle these two goals. First goal he gave us was a reasonable goal. And the reasonable goal was always to win the NFC East and get in the playoffs. And then he also gave us an outstanding goal. And the outstanding goal, of course, was to not just to go to the Super Bowl, but to win the Super Bowl. But we couldn't achieve that, the outstanding goal, unless we achieved the reasonable goal first. So this was the first thing we had to deal with and go into training camp. And he didn't just list goals and what we needed to accomplish. He lists ways, means, methods to achieve those goals. So it was quite a lesson going into training camp every year. And Dave, it didn't matter if you won a championship or you didn't make the play, which we didn't do very often, only one time in my 11-year career. But the goals were based on what the team was able, what he thought, able to attain. And uh, so he just didn't lay out the goals. It's ways to reach those goals, means to reach the goals it takes to reach those goals, and the method to, it takes to carry out those goals. Yeah, there's, I think there's no question he was one of the greats. And, you know, one of the things I remember uh, in those early days, Drew, is the way the team, uh, the players, handled themselves. It seems like all the other players were showing up in sweatsuits and workout outfits, but I, that wasn't the way it was for you, right, uh, in the early years. Uh, you guys seemed like uh, you were maybe going to a business meeting. Yeah, Dave, everything was... Uh done in a business-like approach. You know, everything during the week leading up to our game that Sunday was started off on Wednesday with our game plan. And once we got that game plan, we started figuring out ways to execute that game plan against the defenses that we were going to face. But if we played a game out of town, just didn't show up in khakis or pants hanging off our butt, open collar shirts. No, we were taking a business trip. So Coach Landry wanted us to dress like businessmen. So we wore suits and ties on the road. And when we went to games, we had our suit and ties on and we carried briefcases and not gym bags. 
We had toothbrushes and briefcases. <laughs> you know, Drew, today's young, you know, folks are coming out, you know, they're, they're maybe early entrepreneurs. How important do you think it is to, to look the part as you enter into business? Uh, I think it's very important. You know, you think about the level of people that are sitting across the table, you know, that you're doing business with, and you look at their acumen. You look how they carry themselves. And if you don't come in to at least match that, then you got a problem. Because they look at you like you might not be maybe as buttoned up as you should be, maybe as disciplined as you should be, or maybe have the right acumen to do business with them. So that's one thing I learned from the Cowboys, you know. Like I said, wearing a suit and ties when it came to me to get in business and go to a business meeting, I knew how to dress for a business meeting. And that was to wear a shirt and tie. And if that happened to be overdressing in a situation, let me tell you, you'd rather overdress than underdress. Man, I go into a business meeting. Yeah, that's for sure. I could not agree with you more uh, than that. And uh, in my early career, and I think those getting started, you know, we have to uh, we have to uh, make sure we're prepared. We have to go yeah. into a meeting knowing uh, who we're talking to. So we have to do our homework, and then we have to uh, give that uh, audience the respect that they deserve by coming in looking like a professional and showing them that uh, that you're there to do business and you respect them and you want their business yeah it also gives you a confidence dave as you go into that meeting you know you know you're looking good you know you're feeling good because you're looking good and because of that you're going to have a little more confidence in making your presentation to the person sitting across the table from you you know you were the one of the few teams that dress like that um, give me an idea of what the, and we've got a minute left for this segment. What was it like from an attitude standpoint? Were, were the players excited to be all suited up, or did they feel like it wasn't fair that they had to dress so formally for these trips? You know, Dave, some players accepted it, you know, uh, but we all did it. Let me put it like that, first of all. Some players didn't like to do it. But, you know, Coach Landry always stressed the little things. Doing the little things. If you can't do the little things, then I can't depend on you to do the big things, and especially in game-type situations. So everybody, even though you didn't like doing it, and if you're a guy like Too Tall Jones at 6'9", 280 pounds, <laughs> you know, it's hard for him to, to find suits and things that fit him. He had to customize everything. Sure. So guys complained about it. But here's the deal. We all did it. Respect we, for the coach. We had to do the little things to do the big things, and that's what all Coach Landry was about. Well, I'll give you a Amen. brisk I'll give you a brisk bit on that, you know, and it, that parallels it. And this segment is Brisk's Buy or Bail, and it's about the decision-making process in business. Uh, today I have my special guest on the program, Drew Pearson, the the uh, 
just a dear friend and an incredible football career, but an amazing business career. So we're going to bring Drew back onto the program, and we're going to talk about the business decision-making process. And Drew has been in a number of businesses uh, after his pro football career. And one I, I, I'd like to get his assessment of, his opinion of, is a company called Drew Pearson Marketing, because that's where I met Mr. Drew Pearson and right. when I was a very young man as and we got into that business and that was a buy or bail decision as I like to call them uh, because uh, me coming into that company would have made me a partner which would have meant the previous partners and Mr. Drew Pearson would have to give up something equity in the business to get me on board with that company so that was a buy or bail decision Drew let's talk about that decision how it was made how it worked out and more importantly we'll then we'll dig into some other decisions so let's talk about that early buy or bail decision as the CEO of Drew Pearson Marketing back some years ago yeah that was a big big decision for us uh, to bring you on board but it didn't happen overnight. You know, it took a process to get to that point where you proved yourself to us. Where we, you earned our respect. Let me put it like that. We were in a situation where we didn't know what to do. Uh, we had exhausted all our, pretty much of our knowledge, our business uh, acumen and relationships and that we had. And we had taken the business at that point, as far as we can go, we knew at the same time we had the potential to even go bigger and better than where we were. How do we get there? And uh, there's financial questions, production questions, employment questions, uh, hiring and all that, all kinds of things. So. What we did, Dave, was we reached out to you, and we initially brought you in as a consultant to advise on what direction we need to go to try to get out of the rut, so to speak, we are in. And after listening to you and going through this and going through that and putting into practice some of your suggestions, uh, we were able to turn a corner at a time where it looked like the business not succeed or looked like it was going to fail. We got to the point where we were saying, wow, this guy has really made a difference to where we are right now. We bring him on board as a partner Man, it could round out the team that we have here. We had Mike Russell, you know, who was more of a salesman and stuff, along with Ken Shedd. You had Drew, who was limited in his business uh, knowledge, but had the name that could get any door. Just needed something. And what you brought to the table at that time, Dave, was the final piece to the puzzle we needed. So when Mike, Ken, and myself got together, we got to give up some of our shares to bring Dave Brisky into the team. And hopefully it's enough what we offer Dave that it's enough that he'll accept our offer. So the, the point is of that, Dave, 
We saw something that we needed. You brought that to the table. You earned the respect of us. That's why we said, hey, now we got to bring you into the team permanently, being a part of the team so that we can make the team strong. And if the team wanted to be successful, the move, Dave, we had to make. No doubt about that. Well, I, I, uh, that was a, a, a great career for me, and I'll call it a career. That was an 18-year run at Drew Pearson Marketing, and, yeah. and uh, things, uh, things went in directions I'm sure that uh, maybe none of us could ever have anticipated, but uh, probably the, uh, one of the more exciting things was to take that company, um, and we're going to talk about this in a, in a second segment, but ultimately taking that company public on the Hong Kong. So from four people to 4,000 people over 18 years <laughs> is a pretty good yeah. run, my friend, a pretty good run. So, uh, no, I, I appreciate yes, that. It certainly I, was. I know it was a big part of the process, but I think there's something to be learned there in this. I mean, um, you know, you got to have some confidence. And, um, you know, sometimes there's people out there that'll come into your company and they'll work for the upside. And uh, those people yeah. that are willing to put their money where their mouth is sometimes can be your best bet, you know. And so that worked out pretty well. But you did a number of pivots um, also leveraging that that uh, the core competencies you started to develop as a businessman. Like you said, coming out, when I was out working in business, you were on a football field. And now the, here is this right. new business venture. And boy, you were like a sponge soaking up that business at Drew Pearson Marketing. And you parlayed that into a one heck of a uh, speaking career, didn't you? Yeah, I certainly did. You know, because I had the uh, advantage of being a former NFL football player playing under Tom Landry and having success doing that, parlaying that success into a successful business career after my life after football. And Coach Landry used to always try to prepare us subtly for life after football, like wearing a suit and ties and things like that. And he always used to say, if you're fortunate enough, enough you're going to have a lot of life after football and so thank god i was fortunate enough for that but i was able to have success as a businessman and as a pro football player now i have a story to tell and it's not just about sports and it's not just about business but it's the combining the two together and how the two together work for me and so that led to me, that led to opportunities for me for speaking engagements on corporate America circuit, uh, circuit, charitable circuit, all kinds of different opportunities uh, it created for me. And I took advantage of those opportunities by presenting myself again, showing up in suit and ties, knowing how to carry myself knowing what to say and what not to say and all those kind of things that I learned. You know, I parlayed that into a nice, successful uh, speaking career, personal appearance career in my life after football that I still benefit, even despite uh, COVID-19. <laughs> I'm still benefiting today, you know, from that. But it all parlayed from the success I had as a football player, and as a businessman, 
And now I got a story to tell. Hey, Drew, do you people want to listen to that story? Do you you think you'd have as successful a speaking career if not for your success as a businessman? Would it have been as big as it's blown up now? It would have been limited, Dave. It would have been limited to sports functions, high school banquets, things of that nature. People wouldn't have thought of me potential bring in to talk to their employees if I didn't have success as a business person or if I didn't have a career that outlasted and lasted a lot longer. And thank God I made a lot more money (laughs) in that than I did as a football player. Isn't that the definitely enhanced opportunities that I was able to get uh, on the speaking circuit. It opened it up, especially with corporate America. Oh, they knew the name Drew Pearson, but what can Drew Pearson bring to the table other than X's and O's? But now you're talking about the success, and they see they had success with Drew Pearson marketing. The level of people that we dealt with in dealing with Drew Pearson marketing on the retail side, on the licensor side, on the production side, uh, so that just definitely opened up the door for more opportunities for me, Dave. There's no question. Yeah, I agree. And I got to tell you, uh, my hat's off to you. You were, um, you were amazing. I mean, I met you in a very, uh, you know, a, a pivotal time in your career. And you would, you know, you and I would get together in your office and you were asking the X and O's of business. You were already yeah. planning for that future to have a conversation. You already figured out it would be limited if you couldn't talk to the businessman, if you couldn't talk to the Fortune 500s in an educated manner. So you put in the hard work and obviously that paid off for you. And we're going to talk about that in the fourth segment of this show. So uh, the speaking career has been big Mm -hmm. for you, Drew. Um, What advice can you give to our listeners that are out there on a buyer bail? You came down in a minute and 20 seconds. You walked down to the Dallas Cowboys and made that team. Mm -hmm. What made you say yes to the Cowboys? Well, it was the opportunity. I could have signed with Green Bay or Pittsburgh, but I felt Dallas was the best opportunity for me. Disappointed as heck. I didn't get drafted. Seen rounds of the draft, 452 players, and didn't get drafted. But in, being an undrafted free agent, I could pick and choose that I could that that I wanted to go to if they were interested in me. And those three teams, storied franchises, were interested in me. But I was Cowboys because they had a history of free agents making their roster. And Tom Landry, Roger Staubach, their proximity to Tulsa University, three and a half hours from Tulsa, uh, it all added uh, all added up to me signing with the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, Dave, that turned out to be the best decision I could have made. You know, Pittsburgh had success. Green Bay had success. No one's had success like the Cowboys. And no one's recognized worldwide like the Dallas Cowboys. And you know, Dave, every time we went into a business opportunity, that door was open because they recognized the name Drew Pearson. And it was up to us to get that business and close that deal once we got in the door, and we did. But it's all based on the fact that I made that right decision at the right time 
to sign with the Dallas Cowboys for a hundred and fifty dollar signing bonus, fourteen thousand five hundred dollar check salary. Hold that. Today I turned that limited investment into bad. I hold that thought. We're going to be back. Not only on the football field, but off the field as well. We're going to be back in a minute. That's our segment of Brisk Buy or Bail. Drew bought with the Cowboys, and it paid off big for him. We'll be back in a moment with Brisk's uh, Bulls and Bears. 